Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 103. We're a podcast that talks about pop culture things, and sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I am joined, as always, by Andrea. How's it going? Hey, it's good. How about yourself? Very good. Yeah. Things are rocking. Oh, we got fitness trainer in the chat already. Mike, thanks oh for goodness. dropping hey. in. Much appreciated. Um, tonight, we are going to be covering just a few news stories. A um, couple interesting ones. A film I'm really excited for to talk about. Um, and then in the latter half of the episode, we're going to be discussing the Apple TV Plus show, Physical, starring Rose Byrne. And um, Francesco T's in the chat as well. Welcome. Um, so we'll be getting spoilery about physical later, but that's later. So don't worry about it. If you haven't seen that at that point, we will give more warning. Before that, drinks, drink holidays. Indeed, there is a drink holiday today, although I'm not celebrating. Um, I am celebrating <gasps> what the shock. Um, I am celebrating an earlier day this week, April 14th, um, and I hope I'm saying this right, but it was Saison Day, I oh. think. Wow. I looked it up. There was, there was a little bit of debate whether it was Saison or Cezanne, so okay. Okay. somebody at me and tell me because I'm not shy about being corrected in that pronunciation. I am not of French descent. I have not taken French. So please help me. Uh, the only thing I know is that it means season. Um, okay. So it is uh, a seasonal beer that you should be drinking. And I am drinking Kona's Seasonal, um, which is a mango. I think it's called Landslide. Okay. I want to say. Uh, no, Magic Sands. It's Lanai Season Magic Sands. Okay. Cool. So it's pretty good. Pretty Hawaiian, decent. huh? Mm-hmm. That's funny. I yeah. went to uh for my for my birthday, Ashley took me to a Hawaiian restaurant, actually. So oh, fun. Where was that? It's in um it's the southern part of the Twin Cities, uh kind of Egan area, I guess, or whatever. Um okay. I'm just gonna tell you the name of it because um Pauhana. Okay. I haven't yeah, heard of it. I'd never heard of it. It's delicious. Yeah. Like, you know, as you might expect from a Hawaiian restaurant to have some uh, Japanese inspiration. There's also lots of gojuchang things. Um, drinks were good. Savage. Yes. Thanks, Alan. That's what that's where it is. It's in Savage. Okay. Um, and it's right across from another great looking restaurant, too. So it was like, I gotta, we gotta go back. Um, give another shot but so yeah nice. hawaiian that's cool i didn't even know that like we had uh, a restaurant that we that specific in its cuisine like that's pretty cool i think go minnesota yeah right so yeah so i am celebrating uh with a hawaiian beer uh, but today is the 17th of april and it is malbec day if you are into that if you're feeling like the Minnesota chill and snow and you want like a nice like wine in your evening. I'm sort of like anti-snow. I'm like pushing back against Minnesota's stupid weather and like <laughs> dreaming of warmer times. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not celebrating either. So thankfully you have us covered 
uh, <laughs> with yours. I I just I feel like with my birthday week, I've had enough to drink um, in the last few days and such. So sure. Ashley found this at the store. Hadn't heard of it before. Nitro Pepsi. Uh, Nitro Pepsi. Yeah. I'd say that can looks old school, but it doesn't even look old school. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't even look like a retro throwback can. It looks like. No, it's. Yeah, it does. It's uh, it looks sufficiently hipster in a way, in a manner of speaking. Mm -hmm. You know, they're pulling in the coffee kind of elements to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I uh, this is the vanilla. Version and because she got the regular one and the vanilla one, Mike fitness trainer. He's, he's already me mad at me. I swear. Like I haven't had soda <laughs> on this show in how long. And now, and now Mike jumps every in time. And every and time I'm back. To, I have a soda. This is, uh, uh, ah, ridiculous. But yeah, it's really creamy. It's really good. So okay. I'm, I'm stone cold sober tonight, man. All right. Uh, party pooper, I guess. Oh man. Well, I guess I'm going to have to hold it down for the drink holidays and just the drinking. Yeah, right. <laughs> so awesome. Well, our weeks hasn't been too yeah. long. We did our kind of odd timed episode last yes. week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we're, we're shifting around a little bit. But yeah, what have you managed to do in the within the week? Well, so because we had our episode last week, it was kind of top of mind for me. Uh, we were talking about Tony or talking with Tony about, you know, rewatching shows. And that sort of like got me thinking about like, oh, like I kind of feel nostalgic and I kind of want to rewatch a show. And then I realized that my favorite show in the entire world is celebrating its 25th anniversary this spring. Oh, wow. So I decided, you know what? Now's the time. I'm going to go on a true rewatching binge, and I am rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, <laughs> oh, it's so good. I is love it? It, it is. is. It? There, there, uh. are definitely, there are definitely things that do not hold up Obviously, mm-hmm. technology wise, like there's right, just yeah. there's no getting around that. There's no getting mm-hmm. around like watching stuff and being like, "Ooh, that's so transformations cringy. or something." Yes, yes, like the early parts of the seasons where like technology is clearly not cut up to where they want to go, and like the fights and the choreography is just like, "Oh boy, like you're taking a big swing, and I know you're missing, and I can hear that like punch sound, but you know it's very like cartoon esque." Yeah. Um, but the storylines do truly hold up. There's some there's also, again, some like cringe dialogue that you're like, oh, you know, they're teens in high school. So they obviously have to use slang that's relevant for the time. And now you're like, ooh, that's a little terrible. But no, this is absolutely a show that holds up. And I love it so, so, so much. Mm. Well, OK, so this brings up an interesting question for me because I was thinking sure. about it watching an anime the other day, mm-hmm. um, actually this morning. And it's wh- where do we draw the line in giving something pass on production value or mm-hmm. story beats or whatever? Cause 
is it we certainly give certain movies like we're talking about Marvel, we're talking about Hollywood production things because we know how much money is going into it. We don't yeah. cut it any slack, you know, does yeah. it, it doesn't, you know, and so when you talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, made a long time ago, kind of judging it through the eyes of what it is and the time period it came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately it matters just if you enjoy it. But right. is it fair to have that kind of judgment? I was watching an anime and I they did this thing that if it was if they had, had adapted it into real life, I'd be like, that dialogue would not fly. It wouldn't fly. Yeah. It was cute in this situation, you know, in a kind of unbelievable way or whatever. But is it I don't know. Should I be pickier? Or is you just judge based on what you know, I, I think I give a pass. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, there's, there's something to like, if you enjoy something, you're always going to give it like a little bit of extra grace. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's already that like favorable feeling. So you're just like, yeah, all right. Like, you know, that wasn't a home run, but you know, you swung. Yeah. Good job. Um, I, I, and I just did, you know, kind of in my little recap said, like, there are some cringe moments of dialogue that when I was first watching, I'm sure I was like, this is so cool. And then, you know, now I'm like, ooh, yikes. Like, that's not landing like you want it to now. Um, but I, but I think at the essence of it is, you know, me sitting there, like, being drawn in by the performances, like, these actors are, like, really drawing me in with both their performances of their characters and their relationships with one another and like the overall storyline. If I still feel it and I still feel it has a like, you know, resonance and it's still relevant, then yeah, I'm probably, you know, going to give a couple lines of cringe dialogue some pass. Um, you know, there, there is a moment where I think, you can hit saturation and it's like too many like moments where you're like, Oh, it's so awkward and cringy and like this terrible dialogue. And Oh no, I have to fast forward. But the second I think you, you get the real urge to like hit that fast forward button. That's when you're like, Oh, you got it. You're just like taken out of it and you don't give it a pass anymore. Okay. How far are you into the show in Buffy? Yeah. Um, I'm already up to season three. Season one is like insane short. Okay. okay. So you know what I mean? So it just like goes. It's just like super quick. I was um, tempted then, to say like we do like a rewind thing and I watch yeah. it and then we cover them or something like that. But yeah, you're too far ahead now. You're no, already no. starting over. Starting over. It's <laughs> happening. Ugh. I just feel like I see the podcast on the rocks, you know, a rewind session and it's like yes. a set tape and, you know, rewind yes. and, um, Dude, we have to do it. Like, like I just said, I decided to do a rewatch because it's 25th anniversary. Like, yeah, so it is good timing. How awesome is that? It is great timing. So, right, I think the last thing I said before you couldn't hear me was, where are Mm -hmm. you watching this? Like, what is it on Amazon? It is, yeah. Okay, okay. Yep, so both both, uh, Buffy and its spinoff Angel are available on Prime Video. Okay. I, yeah, I will I, mean, I will give you I will and they're like 20 minute 23 minute episodes right fit in the half hour block no they're full like 40 something they're 40 yeah oh okay I will Although give you season one might be more variable season one was just like 
I feel like they were kind of just testing the waters because so of course um the TV show is based off of the the movie with Christy Swanson. Um so they were kind of I think testing the waters of like how is this going to translate from this movie that was pretty successful and we're going to turn it into a TV show. So season 1 is just kind of like let's just like do our thing, have some fun, see what audiences do. Okay. And it turned will, out to obviously be quite the hit. I'll give you three episodes. I'll watch three episodes and see what I think. Is that it? Is that's not enough? Is that what you're telling me? Well, so the first two episodes are like a two parter. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's like starts like out. It, yeah, it's like a it's like a back to back. Like you definitely can't just watch one episode because mm-hmm. it would stop and you'd be like, what the hell just happened? Hmm. Okay. Which? Oh yeah, no, you gotta go to. You gotta go to. Oh yeah, <laughs> you gotta give me more than that. Uh, how many? What do you? What is it? What's the number? Um, I would say, give me like to, f- to at least four or five. Okay. Because those are some good ones. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. It's so good. I love that show. I really right, do. Well, let's hear from chat. Everybody, you know, chime in on the socials. Are you ready to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes. Um, and should we be covering it? So. Yes. Yes is the answer. Obviously. I was asking chat, Andrea. I know <laughs> your answer. <laughs> Andrea sneaks into chat. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Just create a whole bunch of bots right now. Yeah. Yes, amazing. <laughs> Buffy's so good. Besides, yeah. I mean, don't you want to, like, obviously have the age-old debate of Team Angel or Team Spike? Because that is one well, of the great debates. From the outside, I would, I would pick Team... You said Angel or Spike, that's his name? Yes, yep. I would say Spike. Oh, we're already at odds, John. I'm Team Angel. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I don't like the look of Angel's face or something. Like it's just. Do you it, even know he, what Angel's face looks like? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, isn't he? Doesn't he go on to be? Yeah, he's in a lot of this stuff, right? That actor. David Moranis. He? He's yeah. the lead in Bones. I think. Yes. That's, that's where a lot of people know him yeah, from. Yeah. Right. So I heard um, he's a jerk too. I don't know if that's true, but just that people that work with him are like, oh, he's not. Nice uh, yeah, he's he's like a big uh, practical joker. So I think he has some okay. contentious relationships in like if you like that, then you get along with him. And if you don't, there can be some like butting heads for sure, because he's a strong personality. OK, but OK, well, I mean, I could be wrong. I just think of kind of uh, Spike is a little more, you know, Constantine kind of character from the way I see him. Oh, from maybe, the way you see his face. Yeah, yeah, just the way yeah. like he's, per, you know. It's funny because I do. So I have to say, I do love James Marsters. Like, I love that actor who plays Spike, and I and I love that he like reads. He, I was talking a couple of weeks ago. He's the narrator on um, the Dresden File audiobooks, and I, along with many other fans, absolutely rioted when they tried to bring in somebody else because it was right. like, forget that. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, no, and I and I do 
love his character in the show. I just don't. I'm not like Team Spike when it comes to being okay. with Buffy. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it could be a thing like. Yeah, you, you know, gotta assume... watch the show for the context of it. But right. yeah, like from the outside, I get like quick snap impressions. Like mm-hmm. Spike is cool. Okay. William the Bloody. Okay. Um. But anyway, like... so. Oh, did somebody did somebody get a little yes no vote or no say anything? No. All right. Nope, not yet. Mike. So my bots aren't working yet. They're really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So I uh, I obviously spent a good deal of time watching Buffy. Um, doing a little rewatch because I was feeling nostalgic. Um, speaking of feeling nostalgic, I'm gonna j- cut a little bit to some news because I also rewatched something else because mm. sadly this week we all learned that Gilbert Gottfried passed away. And so I went back and rewatched Aladdin because that was my like first, obviously big introduction to him. Right. Um, and I think probably a lot of people's, I, I was crushed though when Chris was like, who does he play in Aladdin? And I was like, you don't uh, know. Yeah. You don't know Lago? Like, what is wrong? <laughs> and he, and he, immediately he was like, oh, right. Duh. But yeah, I went to remember his name, but I knew it's the bird. So I feel like I remembered Iago because it's a Shakespearean character. So like mm. I was naturally probably bound to remember it. But yep. yeah, no, we've that's that's really sad. And we've lost so many mm-hmm. comedians of late, mm-hmm. you yep. know, him and Norm and mm-hmm. um, who's the other couple oh uh full house dad bob saget bob saget Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's just been a big it's been like five of them so yeah it's too bad yeah quit it 2022 um yeah and now yeah aladdin was uh was doubly sad because obviously robin williams voices the genie Mm -hmm. and you know it was already it already felt like hard enough um i mean i i don't know that i quite you know, have the have the same connection to Gilbert Godfrey that I that I felt like childhood with Robin Williams, but it was definitely like, ouch, one two punch here. But mm-hmm. it was still it was still fun to rewatch and just like see that magic and be like, yeah, I'm gonna show this kind of stuff to Everett and she'll get to see yeah. this at some point. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly Aladdin is my Disney. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's Robin Hood and Aladdin. That's what I was grew up on, was interested in. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to say that's peak Disney, but I don't know. If that's the case. It's just just what I'm familiar with. And I don't know. I feel like know. I feel like the 90s really were some like solid peak Disney. Mm-hmm. Well, we were going on through that that era where soon we'd have Pixar and so mm-hmm. we'd be getting the computer animated right. and that's great. And it gave us a lot of awesome things. And then that, you know, got brought in and all that stuff and other companies started doing stuff like Shrek and whatever, you know, but I don't know we, as it goes on, we just, you know, I feel like Disney doesn't hardly appreciate or understand animation at all anymore. So mm-hmm. like it really, like when this is what Disney did, and they're really good at it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, it's kind of like it was kind of like at that point in time they were Nintendo. You know, Nintendo. They know who they are. They yeah. know what they yeah, do and what they make, and people love it, and they love them for that. And they're not mm-hmm. like, you know, 
they're not expanding like you know they're making a lot of money but mm -hmm. they are slow to branch out into new territory you know nintendo could have been making movies for years and years on their properties and they're just like are just now going to do a mario one i mean obviously they've yeah. had that one before which i don't that's crazy how that happened but um you know they they've been really picky with it you know mm. and really protective of everything and right. so disney was in, i felt like they were in that time then so it was a golden era yeah yep um so yeah aladdin i mean aladdin still holds up right it absolutely holds up no question um yep. so yeah so i i spent this week pretty much in nostalgia and then and snuck one new thing in um i watched welcome to the ballrooms episode two um okay so i was like yeah i need i need to move something forward this week sure even even if i've watched all of physical um which we'll talk about later, of course. I was like, I need, I need one like new thing happening. Mm -hmm. So I snuck in episode two. It's still good. Still good. All right. Yes. Cool. Yeah, I was uh, saying that I watched episodes nine and ten of Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. That's still <laughs> enjoyable. Still fun with every couple episodes. A new kind of, I won't say gimmick, but new problem. Sure. introduce um spy family episode two just came out i think it was saturday so every weekend you know we'll get a new one so mm -hmm. that's still really cute it's really well animated they have a intro that's sort of uh and seems inspired by kawi bebop oh okay. you know there are just the time period it's set set in has some things that are reminiscent of what bebop would be that sort of noir gangster kind of element mm -hmm. um so it kind of fits even though it's a very different tone and all that um so that's that's a good show i'm excited to keep going on that every week excellent moon knight had its third episode so watch that we'll be talking about uh, probably episodes three and four next week yes. so I will save my comments. Um, Arcane, still going through Arcane. Yes, how are you liking it? Yeah, it's really good. Um, I kind of would like to be going through a little faster than we're managing to get through it. Um, but it is, yeah, it's In gorgeous. In terms of the show's pacing or your pacing? No, our pacing. Just okay, okay. Have, getting the time, setting it up to watch sure. it. Because it, the production value is so high on it. I really mm -hmm. do want to sit down the lights low and the sound up mm -hmm. and you know, the soundtrack is really, uh, really good. Yes. And, uh, it's, you know, that I think episode three was pretty, was the sort of really tragic one mm -hmm. really gets things set up nicely for going forward. Yeah. And yeah, just a lot of interesting stuff happening there. Punches not being pulled. So mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, um, speaking of punches, watch a little UFC and then um, <laughs> and then physical. So that's kind of been kind of been the week. Yeah, you're kind of all about the body there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, my week was a magical birthday week. 
Excellent. So let's talk about a very magical movie that is now <laughs> in cinemas and that being Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. Dumbledore. Um, Dumbledore. Yeah. There's a throwback I, for you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, can't if forget. If you know, you know. Right. right. <laughs> it's, I, haven't, I haven't been able to see it. I feel mm -hmm. like this is another one of those movies that, you know, a while ago I would have for sure made it to at opening and just hasn't worked out right now. Mm -hmm. um, seems like some other people maybe in the same boat or whatever because the yeah. opening numbers are not appearing to be particularly impressive. Mm -hmm. Each Fantastic Beasts movie looks like it's open to less and less. Yeah, it's um, been bleaker and bleaker money. on the outlook. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're gonna, you gonna get to this one soon, or I have to say, I'm probably not. Um, I'm I've really been disappointed by the Fantastic Beasts franchise here. Um, and I think we've talked about it before about you know, movies having some misnomers in their titles, and we both agreed that like Fantastic Beasts doesn't really apply to the second and third movie in this trilogy. Right. And which is funnily enough, what I noticed about a lot of the advertisements that were flying around recently, none of them said Fantastic Beasts. They just were like the secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. You know, coming right. so trying to like kind of just like leave that off, I think. Um, and sort of be like, forget that other stuff we did in in movie two and that kind of wacky route we went. Um, you know, we're just like quick rebooting for the third. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see I guess where the trilogy ends up because the second part was such a hot mess and took us in like a lot of different random places without, I feel like answering a whole lot. So my interest level is peaked enough to check out what happens in the concluding piece. We'll not go to theaters to see it though. I'm okay. just, I'm not that interested hmm. in, in getting out there. I think there are other things that I would rather see. Yeah. It's, um, you're definitely right. We talked about the naming scheme and how it seemed really flawed to begin with. Mm -hmm. Show a lack of foresight. Mm -hmm. That's to me is the most concerning thing is again, we have a, a saga that I think is supposed to be five movies Dude. set up with seemingly little, very little plan. Yeah. Uh, somehow. So I don't know. Or they see, it seems rushed. Yeah. You know, that you can't make a, that you can't end up, hammering out a script that's more understandable, more mm -hmm. logical. Right. Um, Puts pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. And we could have just, why couldn't it have been the wizarding world's fantastic beast, the wizarding world's, the crimes of Grindelwald mm -hmm. the wizarding world's, uh, you know, the secrets of Dumbledore. And then, right. and then it could just leave that part out. It would just be part of the logo. You just call right. it exactly you know, as they're doing yep. now. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm really torn because I really feel like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was a really great movie. Um, you know, it's it's hard to watch a Harry Potter film and not watch Harry Potter, but I think the movie was endearing enough that like you were still like, "Oh, it's part of the world, like it's okay." Like, you know, we're making a break from Harry Potter. Um, 
but you know we're still in that like magical realm and like everything made sense the plot went well and i i almost just wish it would have just been this like one-off thing and then Mm. if we really wanted to get into like dumbledore and grindelwald like i don't i don't know how the yeah i don't know how the lore goes and i don't know that like newt scamander was really there you know like don't don't at me if if like J.K. Rowling was very clear that like Newt's commander was helpful in all of this, but I kind of just feel like I wish it would have been separate. And as much as I love Eddie Redmayne and and what he did in that first movie, kind of just feel like it would be the story would be better served being separate. Yeah. So. Yeah i i don't want to I don't want to throw out this one because just because the second one had such a big misstep trash. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I'm sorry, I'm not pulling my punches. <laughs> I, <laughs> I felt like it was just hot garbage. I mean, I only saw it once. I'd had to watch it again, probably to really decide, but it just, it was messy. It had really mm-hmm. cool looking parts. Things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just but storyline is just mess. Yeah. So I don't want to, write this one off. I'm excited that Mads Mikkelsen is in it, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, and it, it could be, it could be a lot of fun. And, and I'm always, even as a kid really liked the adult stuff in the Harry Potter world more. Right. Like when we had to deal with the adults, I was more interested than mm-hmm. with the children. So right when we get into like the order and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Later so books. seeing the first fantastic beast was great, but then yeah, such a step backwards in the next one. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, if I can make it to theaters, I'll go see it in theaters. Sure. But I uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not actively seeking it out. But if yeah, if everybody was like, oh, we're going to get a group and go and I happen to be free, like maybe. Yeah. Maybe if I was yeah. just in the right mood to like go see a movie, um, I, I do notice that I am more like in the mood to go see movies now that I'm just sure. like. I've gone back out there, done it, remembered the magic that is going to the the theater. Um, I'm more ready to like get back out there. But yeah, not tempting enough to drive me to go solo or anything like that. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh, I wish I just wish we were closer to a theater or I definitely would mm-hmm. be to some, some more of these. Yep. So. Uh, well, from one thing that's been disappointing. To another thing <laughs> that's been disappointing. True. You Go found this story here. Yeah. yeah. What's what's going on with this? Yeah. So uh, so there's again rumblings of a DC overhaul in the works. Um, now that Discovery um, has bought Warner Media, they're going to be. Warner Brothers is now going to be Warner Brothers Discovery. So they're kind of merging the two. And there's talk from, you know, kind of top down level that that this new iteration of both companies is on the hunt for a DC equivalent of Kevin Feige. Somebody right. who's going to be like master stories are who's finally going to be like, mm-hmm. listen, we've had some really glimmering successes but everything is so scattered we need to like pull all these pieces together get some storylines flowing that make sense with one another um we need to you know bring back characters that we've underutilized or had poor showings for um 
and we need to like you know kind of get all of this get this get this ship in order Mm -hmm. um so they're they're looking right now for a person who's going to be doing all of this unfortunately it doesn't sound like with much success right now um but obviously you know who knows it's it's still early in the hunt so who knows um but there's you know talk of once they find this person like trying to reboot superman um i don't know with or without henry cavill um there's talk of like trying to refigure out how to use margot robbie um and do some harley quinn spin-off stuff um there's maybe talk of reviving the gotham city um like police department tv show that was going to be mm-hmm. on hbo max but then just got canceled um trying to tie that back in with like colin farrell's penguin series so yeah so there's a there's a lot of moving pieces right now um and i'm not sure where everything is going to shake out but we'll see we'll see i mean D- dc's clearly trying to do what marvel has successfully done which which at one point in time, like knowing the success of Marvel and like knowing they had their house in order would have been like, ooh, this is amazing. But as we kind of talked about in the last episode, I feel like Marvel's gotten a little formulaic, a little joyless, a little too reliant on its own like engine and its own notoriety of being like, well, we're, it's a Marvel movie. So obviously it's, obviously it's quality. We don't really have to try anymore. We're just following the formula. So on the one hand, I like having a plan for DC. On the mm-hmm. other, don't do exactly what Marvel has done because I don't need more of the same formula just in the DC world. Yeah. I need coherence. I need things tying together, but I don't need, you know, what's already been done, what's been proven to work. I need yeah. like new, I need reinvention. So yeah, um, clearly I have mixed feelings about this. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll say hello to Renato quickly. He's hey. Thanks for, thanks for popping in. Much appreciated. Hi. Um, yeah. Overview, overhaul of DC. I mean, the interesting thing about this variety article you found talks about mm-hmm. it. They don't mention comic books at all. They don't. So it's, it's like not a priority. Um, no. No, and they mention picking up some more video game things, mm-hmm. but it's all so we've basically what it feels like we've established now is that DC, as I didn't come up with, but DC is for all intents and purposes stands for dead company because <laughs> because it's ceased to be anything new, mm-hmm. right? So the the comics were the source. Mm-hmm. So they've all this IP that they've created over, you know, 85, 90 years of existence. And they've decided that, you know, Superman, One Woman, Batman, now Aquaman, Flash, a few of these like known quantities over mm-hmm. the years are going to be our things. And mm-hmm. we're not we're not hiring people interested in writing new, new. things for us. Mm-hmm. We're just going to forever reiterate and milk these few characters Mm -hmm. until there's just nothing left to suck out. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what you, I don't know what you do. I, I, cause we, like you said, we were talking on the last episode about how it's amazing what Marvel managed to accomplish in its Mm -hmm. first 10 year run, but now they feel directionless. Mm -hmm. Where do you go here? 
qual you know whether it's quality waning or it's just mm -hmm. feeling repetitive you know you know tony made the claim that you know end game is never going to happen again we're never going to get yeah. that kind of success again leading up this decade long thing to a conclusion mm -hmm. that the majority of people find satisfactory mhm mm well and should so we Right. And so I mean, if DC you've already been there, that? done that. Yeah. If, you're, if you've already been there, done that. Like, for, I'm, and I'm speaking here to Marvel. If you've already been there, done that, been successful, like, why go back? Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, it's, again, I, I applaud Marvel for moving forward and like moving into, you know, taking risks with new characters. You know, you could so easily just go back and be like, listen, we're just going to like keep, pumping some Iron Man's out or like get do a spinoff, yeah. um, you know, obviously doing like Shang-Chi and the Eternals. Those are just totally brand new characters that they yep. didn't have to move into and good for them for doing it. I just would like to see their like storyline formula change. And so, right. no, don't don't go back and do what you just did. Don't go mm -hmm. back and like have an like, I mean, you can have a goal in mind, but don't have like a we're going to build up to end game. Yeah. For DC, they haven't had that moment and they have so much mm -hmm. out there. That's messy. I don't feel as resistant to an idea of that, or at least somebody who could come in and clean up and say like, we had some shit happen that doesn't make sense when you look cross movie to cross movie. And if we're going to have characters appear in each other's stuff, at least let's make it make sense. Even if we're not building to an end game, like let's let's like not have people make cameos that literally don't make sense in their timeline, or they make one and then make a solo movie that directly refutes what they did as a cameo yeah. in another movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what they should do because you can. I can sit and say, well they can keep making movies of all these individual characters and, you know, we'll have, we'll have the Batman and we'll have the Joker and we'll have the suicide squad and we'll have wonder woman and all this different stuff. Mm -hmm. But you, you make all these movies eventually. Yeah. People are going to want to see them together. Where's the justice league movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. You just, that's, that's Snyder how, that's when it gets complicated, you know? Yeah, Snyder Cut. Well, <laughs> and maybe that would have been the right choice. Just keep going with that because right. all the you know they're still making Wonder Woman. That's yeah, they're the making Wonder, Wonder Woman three. Yeah, yeah. There's there's the Flash and Aquaman. Those are still our existing characters for right. those things. So why not build off the that base if you're gonna go with this? Because yeah, you, otherwise maybe, maybe you just a clean slate. And just cancel all of them. Right. You know, I was going to say, maybe they can like reverse engineer it. Like they've already done Justice League. So why don't we go like branch out? <laughs> like don't branch back into like an end game or, or another Justice League, whatever, um, you know, or maybe do like a Justice League Dark or something. I don't know. Do something yeah. totally different. Like free yourself up. Yeah. Because because now they've got even more messy pieces with yeah. obviously like Ezra Miller is having some serious troubles. Like they've already yeah. made the flash movie, but like, are you really going to make another one with this kid? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. I, I, if it was, I think if it was me and I have trouble convincing the board to do it, mm -hmm. 
is let's hire some people that they some people that have a history in comic books, some new authors that are chomping mm. at the bit. Let's get people to make some original ideas under mm-hmm. the DC banner. Sure. We're going to have, we're going to, we're going to print books. We're going to have, you know, weekly issues. We're going to, um, we're going to get free reign. No, mm-hmm. we want this thing and we want that thing. Like just get creative people in there to tell stories. Mm-hmm. You have an app. That is, you know, your, it could be included with your HBO Max, Disney Plus, mm. or HBO Max Discovery Plus yeah. <laughs> um, bundle thing Plus. or whatever. You know, you get your subscription and you get the comic books with it. And just let them go. Let them, mm-hmm. you know, you and Dana and my wife are all reading Webtoons things. Yeah. Independent, original creators from around the world telling unique stories unfettered they get money for their you know from ads or like coins or whatever you buy stuff with or whatever all that just get some talent in there Mm -hmm. that and just let them go and then you'll cultivate new ip that you can start making movies on eventually which they are already doing. I know of at least three different webtoons that I read that are either going to be adapted into movies or um, one of them is going to be a new K-drama. Okay. That's dropping in the next year or two. Well, then I just I just saw it. You like literally just solved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, so I I um what I think is DC does need somebody to like organize their mess. But it doesn't have to be like an, a direct Kevin Feige equivalent. Do you know what I mean? Like they clearly need somebody to come in here and be like, y'all built yourselves a mess. Like you just came in here and you you have too many branches. Let's just like reel it back in and like pick some very solid directions to focus our energy on. Now, does that mean like we need to like directly talk about storylines or characters or what movies are need to be made an organization? Perhaps not. Somebody needs to come in and be like, we need to pick a direction, guys, and commit. Because we can't keep doing this like, you know, one off here, one off there, because this is what's killing us. Well, I think they should just stop with the whole idea of a connected to begin with. Like, just give it a rest. If something, but somebody, you know, somebody needs to come in and make that and decision. That. Yeah, make yeah, that decision. Exactly. Like, somebody okay. needs to come in and like be the disciplinarian to be like, yeah. stop it. Right. We need to stop this. Mm-hmm. We need to do better. Here's how we're going to do better. And every time somebody comes up with like, but what if we know mm-hmm. we're not going to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, they can do those sorts of things. They get a whole nother branch and start making a lot of great animated stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the X-Men cartoon was great because it was the comic books put in mm-hmm. cartoon format. So if you get some new authors in there writing some fun things, they can start making animated all kinds of right. stuff, way lower production value, way lower risk. And mm-hmm. you can have a connected thing that way. You can have a series and and have the comics and the animated movies and stuff connect. So you could have comics and you could fill in in between. Mm-hmm. You still start just, but the, the triple A high budget movies with a connected universe where the characters are shared, just drop it for now. Drop sure. doing, you know, beyond what's already planned and is already in production. Drop Aquaman, drop Wonder Woman, 
drop the flash, just quit it. Mm-hmm. And until a new idea really comes along that looks great mm-hmm. and just, I don't know. I, I know they're not going to do that because they can't no. resist. We it's you gotta you gotta keep pumping it out. You gotta keep pumping mm-hmm. it out. But yeah, I, I, I was uh, I was pausing for a second because I was agreeing with you about like stop like all the interconnected junk. Um, but then I was like, oh no, like I really enjoyed Matt Reeves' Batman, and he's gonna have like an interconnected television series. Like, am I really? you know, saying no to that. And then I realized, no, I wasn't, you know, like this is its own little like right. pocket. Nobody so else some, needs to come in here. Right. Yeah. It's not, it, you know, the flash isn't going to show up. Right. Well, it's I hope just, not. <laughs> right. Right. It's just, it's just, I, right. I think it's just that's the fine Batman. Too. It's a creative yep. idea of yep. one person. And these are the things we want to tell. Right. And, they can go in and out yeah. of it. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. So yep. I get you now. We'll see. I have no hope. <laughs> yeah, low expectations for yeah. sure. But I am excited for the merger because I'm hoping, mm-hmm. you know, HBO Max is just like, it's just everything I can drop. You know, I already have HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Right. Can we just one thing, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, Something I am very excited for. I had no Maybe. idea what was going on here. I knew you would be. Trailer. <laughs> yeah. I saw it immediately. It was like, John's going to love it. I know he is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, Crimes of the Future. Mm-hmm. Yes. David Cronenberg. Yes. Big names. Leah Seydoux, mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart, Viggo Mortensen. Um, and actually, what I what I first caught this on... Um, was an article about, you know, the con film festival coming back and it's like full force, like everybody's going out, like, um, you know, they're going to have like the red carpets, the parties, everything's happening again. And this is this film crimes of the future. Um, it's kind of one of the, the darlings, the pre festival darlings Mm. of the festival. You know what I mean? Like when everybody kind of goes in and like a couple of movies already have like the hype going in crimes of the future is one uh, that had a lot of hype going in. So I was like, Oh, well let me check out this trailer. And uh, it looked suitably creepy and awesome. And yeah, I just, I, I like the, the snippets we've gotten of the performances. Uh, Viggo Mortensen seems so different than the, the, the warm relatable characters he kind of usually plays. I was very sure. like off put and creepified. Uh, if I can so make up a word. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. So I really enjoyed this trailer and I'm looking forward to this movie. Yeah. So the trailer you shared is French. So French production. Yes. But yes. English mm-hmm. speaking. Um, English speaking French production. Mm-hmm. I mean, I usually it gets my attention anytime Vigo's in something because he seems so choosy. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's plenty of movies of his I still haven't seen, but I just in my head, I'm like, oh, that's probably decent. You know, yep. at least good quality because he really seems picky. Yeah, um, he's he's only I think we talked about this. He's only ever had the one like I did it for commercial. Yeah. Hidalgo. Mm-hmm. Hidalgo. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows that one. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. Every, everything else, you know, is his. But this felt like H.R. Uh, Geiger at times. Mm-hmm. It felt like if um, sort of, I don't know, 
blade runnery, but mm -hmm. really, really seductive. So like, I'm, you know, I don't know, eyes wide shut with, yeah. with like, um, a clockwork orange, just, I, it's a lot of different tones going on here. I don't yeah. know what's happening, but it just is appealing. Yes. Yep. It actually, it reminded me of like a serious, you know, real, there's actual talent here. Um, kind of upscale repo, the genetic opera. If you've ever seen that, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful darling trash fire of a movie. Um, and it's, it's set in the future where like people pay to have surgery and like surgery is like the thing that you do and you constantly want to like upgrade your body. Um, and if you can't pay for it, like repo men come and like take back oh, right. the body parts that That's you've, mm -hmm. um, that you've, you know, like paid for and gotten done, but you know, now you can't pay for. So they're, they're taking back pieces of you. So yep. this kind of reminded me a little bit of like, this is that. So like that movie is like total campy, wonderful nonsense. And I love it. This is like real life, you know, actual yeah. terrifying, like what if this was happening? So, yep. And what if people were like this addicted to surgery? Yeah. Well, Alan, something, uh, like I've been thinking about recently is, uh, this is kind of a tangent, but sure. Ashley left her phone at the gym the other day. Okay. So it was locked in there and you know, she needs to communicate with the clients or whatever and stuff. And so it was gonna, it was definitely going to be in there overnight mm -hmm. and hopefully be able to get it the next day sometime. Mm -hmm. And she has her watch that happened to be not working then it needed to be like reset or something. So she wasn't getting call calls that would normally come through on her oh, watch. Yeah, she yeah. could make calls and you could call her via FaceTime or something. But sure. if someone just did a normal call, it wasn't going to work. So sure. it was one of those things like I've talked about this before, but it kind of hit her a little more at this point, like how dependent we are on basically this extra appendage, mm -hmm. the phone. Mm -hmm. And not everybody has this uh, affliction, but I would say most people do mm -hmm. in this day and age. And so the dream, the cyberpunk dream is kind of always the, the augmentation, the this will be in your in your contact lens and eventually in your head at some point and just right. will be you'll just be connected. So yep. you just like we but we already have the problem. She was already in just half a day constantly like reaching for her phone that wasn't mm -hmm. there yeah and and was it for a purpose most of the time mm -hmm. it just was because reflex and yeah and so that's bad enough the way it is if this is in us a part of us mm -hmm. how do we handle that because theoretically we should be able to adapt to this potentially mm -hmm. but is it good for us right to you know, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's not really an answer to this, probably, whatever, but it just has me thinking more like, so today I didn't wear my Apple Watch at all. Nice. I have more like just left my phone someplace else most of the time. Nice. And just... Good for you. But there's so many practical things then, like, if I'm going to be driving somewhere, want to be able to stream a show or music or podcast or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, using it in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. 
What do you think? The, the future no. where it's like, yeah, being addicted to surgery or tech or in, integrated and our yeah. current like addiction already with an external device. Yeah. I, um, I, while you were, while you were kind of talking about that, I was thinking about how, how I even get panicky, you know, about things that, that this technology is supposed to help me with. Um, you know, like I love my Apple watch and I love that it like tracks like, Hey, you haven't been standing up enough or like you don't have exercise steps in or, you know, whatever. But I'll also get like really panicky sometimes when I'm like, I'm not going to make my goals for today. Like I have to mm. make my goals, you know, and it like freaks you out. Um, or like if you're only like a couple minutes away and it's like, Oh my God, let me go like quick, you know, do something or like shake my wrist so I can, yeah. you know, get my stand goal in or whatever. And it's mm -hmm. like, God, how, how tied am I to that sometimes, you know, even something right. that's theoretically supposed to encourage me to be like physically active and like away from technology. And my technology is making me panicky about that thing. Right. Um. So, yeah. So it was just kind of interesting to think about like, yeah, I really can even something that's so great for you to like, you know, to remind you to get physical exercise can be like this very like troubling thing tied to technology. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, I was thinking about how easy it would be to have a conversation with someone. And if your phone is like in your contact lens and you're just like scrolling the internet and not even really listening, like how much easier would that be having a conversation with someone and you're just like reading some news on your eye yeah. and just going, mm-hmm, and not really listening. Like at least right. now, like they know when you're looking like, okay, all right, I'm looking at my phone. Right. Like now I'm looking at you, you know, right. even if you try to be subtle, you really can't, mm -hmm. but I don't know how yeah. like a contact lens would go. It, so, you know, I have to say like, well, okay, watching a show and you're on your phone or on a computer or something mm -hmm. at the same time, it's just like common for our age, our age, not even just our age bracket for the time yeah. we live in. Yeah. Um, and the response I'll get is, well, I can multitask. I can do two things at once. Yeah. Can you? Is it, you, you can, but is it good? Is Does multitasking it? in this way inherently better? Are you better off because right. you can, you can scroll through memes while you watch, mm -hmm. you know, UFC fights. Right. Right. I, or like, are you really getting your work done while you're watching whatever you're watching, even if it's mm -hmm. just background noise. Like sometimes I think it's yes. And sometimes like, no, mm -hmm. like it does take you twice as long because you're like apt to just like look up and mindlessly watch some minutes and then be like, Oh shoot. Okay. All right. I gotta, I gotta yep. do the thing. Right. Yep. How much, yeah. How much faster could a person get ready in the morning or something like that? If you're just mm -hmm. like, just did it yep. as opposed to, I gotta have my stuff know. on while I do it. Yeah. Right. I just, um, this is not last week when Tony says I'm in a tech crisis. This is not what it, he was referring to. <laughs> it's something I more and more keep thinking about now. And yeah. cause I have my like fake account for Facebook that is if in case we wanted to do some sort of live stream thing on there. Yeah. And, um, then that's attached to Instagram and I've I've been proud of myself that I haven't gone on this app to look through things because I could totally like, oh, there's all my people I used to know and like people from high school and different, you know, yeah. all people I haven't heard from in years. Yeah, and I could see what they're up to. But 
you know, honestly, and it's not that I don't want to know what anyone's up to, but mm-hmm. I don't want to like passively through the window do it. Like I, mm-hmm. if we want to get together and visit, that's different. Right. But I don't want to sit and like experience other people's lives by flipping through this thing mm-hmm. because it's not, it's not doing anything for me. That's not right. Like what does that, what does that do to know? Right. Like so-and-so I, went on a, a Florida vacation the other right. week. I could be making my way through Buffy that I've never seen before or <laughs> reading another <laughs> impactful book or learning my Korean or something, you know, anything. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be useful. Just I could be doing something in the physical real world. Mm-hmm. And like, I know I'm not saying new things here. I just keep thinking about like, yeah. can I, could I switch to just having basically a dumb phone and make it work? And would my life be better mm. for it? You know, I, my Can thought you even is find a dumb phone anymore. Yeah, well, quote unquote <laughs> dumb because you yeah. can get them that are still they still give you the necessities that I would say necessities. So you can still get some maps. You can get directions. You okay. know, you can you can still go on the internet. You can still text. You can still you can still look at YouTube, but you're not going to because it's sure. on a not good screen and it's like sure. sl- slow. It's Doesn't the old, invite you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, we do, we do this and just swipe forever because it's so easy, you yes. know? Um, so could I get by that way? And would I be better for it or would I just be like pulling my hair all the time? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to say. I resisted getting a smartphone for so long, so long. I don't think I got one, boy, until I was in grad school, which was 2013, which, I mean, smartphones had been out for quite some time. Um, yeah. And I loved it. I loved that I didn't have a smartphone. I loved that I couldn't go on the internet to check out all these things and, you know, play games and watch streaming. Like I couldn't do anything. And I loved it so much because, you know, I would just see people like in restaurants and I'd see them on the trains and I'd see them elsewhere, just like glued to the phone, couldn't yep. look away. Um, and I think it would be tough to go back to that, but there definitely was a part of me that was happier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Unfortunately, at the time, I really, I really needed access to the internet, and like I needed, I needed to read my emails because things changed like half an hour sometimes before class started. It would be canceled. Well, I'd sure. really love to not drive to campus, sit right. in class, and be like, "Where is everybody?" If mm-hmm. I didn't have to. So yeah, our like you know homework would be posted, or you know articles needed to be read for class. So I had to get it, but there was always a part of me that really regretted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see. And for some reason, and it's kind of weird, I guess, but maybe you can pinpoint it. For some reason, I think there's, if society is never going to, like, if this is better for us to be, like, more focused, more present, less Mm -hmm. involved in everything else all the time Mm -hmm. at once, um, like that new movie, I guess, um, (laughs) is it, like, if society isn't ever going to go that direction. Like mm-hmm. what good is it for me to do that? You know, 
Like, it, it, I guess is it, just. But is it good? Is it good for you? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But then I'm just, you know, I'm I'm already always the odd one out. I'm already always the counterculture. So do I need one more thing to be like the odd person out? It gets tiring, you know? Yeah. And so I guess, I don't know. And it's not like being opposed to technology. Like, I, cause I would still you have tech. Yeah. Right. I, I still have a laptop, tablet, all that kind of thing. But the point is you go to those things. They're mm -hmm. not attached to you. Right. So, you know, it's like, Ashley's like, well, I want, if I want to read my webtoons, it's like, well, yeah, but if you want to do that, you can go get an iPad, mm -hmm. sit down it. and open it. And when yeah. you're done, you put that and you go on along your way. You don't shove the iPad in your pocket. Right. You know, it's not on your hip. Mm -hmm. So like if you need to check your emails, yeah, you check your emails at home. And like, do you need to check them when you're out and about for sure? You know, mm -hmm. or so it's it makes it makes you use the technology for a purpose as opposed right. to mindlessly using technology be just because it's attached and convenient. Mm -hmm. You know, I listen to podcasts and like things live all the time on YouTube. I use mm -hmm. YouTube premium. And so all, all the time, oh, I follow so many people that someone's live all the time. I put it in my pocket, be listening. Is that adding anything really? Again, it's like just the background noise, the filler to my life, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I could just not have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I love that this like movie is like sparking this and we haven't even watched it. <laughs> yeah. We're like, just like already like, God, you know, this question of technology and how addicted we are, um, you know, to various facets of it is just, you know, it's so troubling, yep. you know, and, and we, we don't stop and think about it enough. I think, you know, if the answer for somebody is like, yes, I need my smartphone or like, I would feel unhappy without it. Like, fine. But I don't know. It's a, it's a good question to like, ask yourself every once in a while, like stop, take an honest review. Is this really making my life better that right. I have this like little pocket device that I can do all of these things all the time? Do I feel that urge? Like, do I feel that need to like, you know, f grab my phantom phone when it's not there and it's mm -hmm. locked away from me? Um, and I mean, even the other day, like I've had that urge, you know, where I've left my phone somewhere and I keep like, but, but what will I do if it's not immediately in reach for me? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what I need it for, but I need it. I just it yeah. needs to be by me, um, you know, so I can play a game or I can check my email or whatever. And does that really make me happier? You know, now, now that I'm out of, you know, school and I don't need to check my emails for class things, did it really make me happier knowing I've got like a work email that, you know, came in at eight o'clock at night that I'm now thinking about? Right. That, but I shouldn't be thinking about it because I'm off the clock. What am I really going to do about it? Yeah. Is it really going to make a difference that now I'm worried about it until, you know, seven o'clock tomorrow morning when I'm back on the clock? Right. What if you would instead, you would just like, not had your thing you'd spend time with chris or whatever you when you get up in the right. morning you make your coffee then you log on to your computer and check your email deal with it then there yeah. it is you know mm -hmm. it's still there mm -hmm. like there's so there's... few true genuine emergencies like there there have been yes moments you know when that's been useful but like 90 percent of the time you know i'll check my email and you know, that's great if that's when somebody else is working and that's that works for them. And this kind of very flexible, 
technological age, you know, sometimes you don't work a nine to five and that's fine. But if I did work a nine to five, why do I need to be constantly like checking and yeah. checking in about things? There's, there's two main reasons why, like I'm being held up on this. Mm -hmm. One is that I, one is safety. So I think that, um, you can, you can have a flip phone, you can have a phone that and you can do a lot of things, but it's, it's harder to do them. So you're mm -hmm. less likely to do that. Sure. And so you can still call for emergencies. Of course, you can still do those things, but my watch for emergencies, if I get in a car accident, it will sense the motion and call 911. Very true. If I, as we all know am, from Apple commercials now, <laughs> right. If I working in the field, I jump out of the tractor and I don't think to have my phone in my pocket or something like that. Something terrible happens, you know, you can get your arm stuck in something or whatever. My watch is there, you know, mm -hmm. like it's just, it's a literally this safety element for the most extreme circumstances. Mm -hmm. Now, how often is that? Of course, like never, you know, but it's a, it's a convenience and a safety thing that is there. You know, you're about to have a heart attack. My watch will tell me, Hey, yeah, your heart rate is like ridiculous. Your heart rate, right now. Your heart rate is insane. Like, yeah. <laughs> Check yourself. So that's one. The other is just literally for the inconvenience of others. I feel, I already feel like I would never switch back to Android. Not only cause I hate Google, but because, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, Google's evil, so I don't want to touch them when I don't have to, you know, whatever. But also because I don't want to be the green bubble because it's annoying. It's really annoying. Mm -hmm. Like if you're on an, you're on iPhone and you have a group chat or whatever, you can't just add someone. Every image you send is super compressed. Videos yep. look like garbage. They you can't do. react to things. You can't thumbs up. What All the simple things yes. that you do is just gone. No, and Chris, Chris and I have that. And it's mm -hmm, yeah. so frustrating because he's an Android user. Yeah. And uh, so we were doing this whole like, you know, whole first year of Everett's life. Um, we did a video a day mm -hmm. and we compress, you know, I talked about this and we compressed it all into one big video and it was adorable. But we had to send each other the videos through Messenger because every time we tried yeah. to text them to each other, it was just like grainy shit. Yeah. Or like pictures that we take of her. Like they never come out as well when you, we just text them to each other or whatever. Or like yep. Chris always talks about, you know, we're on group chats and he's like, I just see like Dana liked the thing. Andrea yeah. gave a thumbs up to the thing. Andrea loves yep. blah. And he's like, it's so annoying. And I'm That's like, That's his well, fault. <laughs> Stop using. I can't do anything garbage. about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's yes. It's so I don't want to, I don't want to do that to people, honestly. And mm -hmm. all those things are nice. They're really nice because yeah. otherwise you have to get everybody to switch to something else. Mm -hmm. Use, Hey, Hey, everyone in my life, use signal. Mm -hmm. Hey, everyone in my life, join alphabet or uh, sorry, uh, meta join meta. Yeah. So you can use Facebook messenger, right? You know, right. Join, use WeChat. So all your messages can be spied on. Like, you, you, like everybody in my life, it, I'll inconvenience you and switch to this other thing for me. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I wouldn't even be doing that if I was on a flip phone, it'd be even worse. Right. You know? Well, I mean, you'd so, still have texting. 
Yeah, but I wouldn't, you know, it would right. all be the same kind of deal. It would be, yeah. be the green bubble. It yeah, be, it wouldn't be the same. There would yeah. be no switching to other services. So, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, those are the two things that keep me from, from doing it, I think. So, I get it. Like trying to be courteous to others, but I'm at, at the cost of my own sanity or something. Yeah, it's, it's hard because, you know, there are really, there are really fun things about having a smartphone. Um, you know, that quick gratification of like looking something up when you're in a conversation and you're like, what is this thing? Who is this person? Like, do you remember that event? Like, that's so helpful. Yeah. Or like you say, like, you know, the, the chats that you're able to have with everybody, like the communication you can have. It's so great. Or like the directions, you know, what yeah. are, the, the essentials that you really need are so helpful, but it's hard not to get sucked into the extra stuff. Yep. It's hard not to have these essential things without all the other things, thus resulting in you just like mindlessly grabbing your phone. Yep. Yep. Well, that was an aside, you know, but like you say, inspired <laughs> Quite by the this, aside, yeah. This, but yeah, it's it's a conversation I always want to have. I always think about so. Well, and it'll be interesting to uh, see what this this movie does. I mean, you know, the, the trailer, uh, you know, for for being French made um, is also, you know, quite brief and pretty enigmatic about yeah. what exactly the purpose of this movie is. Um Suffice it to say, I mean, I think we both found it very intriguing and very creepy, and it's just got like a vibe that I'm really interested yep. in. But it'd be interesting to see what the content of the film is really about. Yep. Well, so see this. Of the I think future. it's uh, May 25th. I think is it was. Mm -hmm. And um, if you ever decide to uh, detect some, I will join you in solidarity. Nice, nice. <laughs> Stand together. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, so we're going to get spoilery now about an Apple TV Plus show. Oh, John, you what? just missed your moment. We're going to get physical. physical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you set yourself up, and then you just veered away from your moment. <laughs> Shoot, the redo. Stage. Let's Take go your back. bow. Come yep. on, John. Yep. Live your spotlight. Uh, where's the rewind effect? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could totally do that. I'll just chop it out in the edit. Um, there you but, go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're about to get physical with yes. the television show. So sad. Physical. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Rose Byrne mm -hmm. on Apple TV Plus. You've like, we started this at the same time, but then you like blasted through it. I did. And, I um, did. I blasted through it like an aerobic workout. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as you uh with your like kind of speed at which you'd um, move mm -hmm. through this i was like okay i better watch it too must be good mm -hmm. kind of thing um did you so you binged it pretty much i did you, i did you enjoyed the binge yes yes like our titular character um we already have our spoilers yeah. up so it will be a surprise to no one who has seen the show um yeah, it's a uh, it's a much darker show than I think I than I was initially expecting. Um, I was I was kind of expecting some like glitzy, bubblegummy, like you know maybe with a dark edge show about you know a woman who discovers aerobics. Um, yeah, you know she like the the 
uh, official description is like a repressed housewife discovers like her passion for aerobics and like, you know, kind of goes from there. Um, but, you know, we're introduced right away to the fact that our main character also suffers from uh, an eating disorder, an eating disorder. She binges and purges. Um, and that's apparent right off the bat um, that that's yeah. going to be a significant part of the show and the plot. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if you're able to adapt to that, you know, kind of your expectations being subverted in that way. Um, I think yeah. this is a really cool show. But yeah, if you go in and you're kind of one of those those people who's like, no, I had my expectations here, really don't like that they weren't met, then I'm sure this was could be a tough show for you yeah. to get into. Yeah, it uh, it definitely was surprising, but I kind of liked the direction they went and mm -hmm. um, it gave the show more depth than I thought it might have mm -hmm. had initially. Um I just was interested because of Rose Byrne and the yeah, her performance 80s is, aesthetic. Yeah. You know? Her performance is absolutely magnetic. I think she seals the show. Like if she if she wasn't the titular character, um, I think I would have had a much harder time getting into this because sure. she's one of those people and I mean the the ensemble cast does does a great job at this too, but she really does a great job of like Every time I'm to the brink of not liking her character, something happens that just pulls me back in enough. I'm like, oh, fine. I will give you another chance. <laughs> you, will, you will do another thing. I'm going to watch another episode. I don't know, though. Like, sometimes you're just awful. Yeah. I mean, that was something that surprised me. We're definitely not watching a show about good people or stable people. You no. know, and so it's amazing to see constantly how everyone is so damaged. Yes. Uh, you know, there's there's very few people that in, in this series that seem to like the one person I thought, hey, pretty cool and kind of has it together in his own way is the surfer dude. Tyler, yeah. Tyler, yeah. And, uh, you know, he we're introduced to his own problems later mm -hmm. and stuff he has to deal with. But mm -hmm. a lot of people, him in particular, but then also our main character, it's like impulse control. Mm -hmm. Like how many times do we hear in her head over and over, don't say this, don't say this, don't say this, and then say it. Or yeah. stop, 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 and you just can't. You know, yep. so. The last time I'm doing, like her whole binge ritual is. Yeah fascinating she said yeah. rose burn sells it so well but every time she says this is the last time and you just like feel that like visceral like god what am i doing it's not it's it's not even about sometimes you know like the the eating the binging um it's about like the money that she's spending you can feel her yeah. being like ah i'm like broke why am i yeah. doing like i'm my whole purpose right now is to make money and i just blew some money like why would i do yeah. that you know, yep. I, and I, I liked the um, the added depth later in the season where we get probably hints at where some of this might have started from, you know, yeah, and like yeah. you never find out. We don't find out for a while, like we why parents and yeah, it's like, why is she in such poor terms with her parents? What's going mm -hmm. on? Is it just because they didn't like her hippie, her hippie boyfriend and all that right. stuff? And then obviously it's a lot more than that. We have, you know, right. molested by a father's 
friend and then they don't believe her. Mm -hmm. And so. Which, you know, for the, for the time period that this is set in is, is not uncommon, you know, that they, that they would have been like, let's sweep this under the rug instead of like, let's. Well, and that's what I was wondering. Do you think like, is it a sweep under the rug or is it like a, we didn't believe you? Like, which, I mean. The show isn't clear about that, which I think gives us some place to go in season two. Cause I imagine, I mean, season two is greenlit. I imagine we're going to be seeing her parents again, especially that considering the fact that they gave her the money and expected to see their granddaughter. And she was like, screw you. And that was another, that was a great moment because I really didn't know what way I wanted that to go. You know what I mean? Like on the one hand, they did the thing. They clearly want to see their granddaughter and I felt bad for them. And then on the other hand, I didn't feel bad for them at all because they clearly treated their daughter terribly. Right. And, you know, like either didn't believe her that this, this happened because of course we see it through her like fantasy of how she's going to, you know, tell them them. all these things yeah Yeah. confront them and tell them all the things that is on her mind so it's hard to know like what exactly happened but yeah they either didn't believe her or they wanted to sweep it under the rug and just be like let's not talk about it ever um but either way it goes like that doesn't either one isn't better than the other it's still terrible either way it happened so yeah (sighs) yeah so that was good um I really was disappointed though with the knocking over a few flower pots versus yeah. like what was in her in her You're head. Like that big do. revenge. Yeah. Like, oh, it would have been a lot better <laughs> just yes. do that. So I was I wasn't sure, did they keep the money then? They did. They did. Okay, that was a thing. I, I didn't yes. remember because I know he was her husband was gonna tear it up. And she stopped him and then yes. we never saw them like cash it or whatever. Yeah. So I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that they kept it, but I guess, yeah, you're right. We don't have that totally confirmed. I mean, you'd think I would have thought they would have made it clear in one way or another, finish up showing, tear up the check. Right. Or, or, or like write it in the book or something, you know? Right. Something, but maybe we'll, see that later because shortly thereafter isn't that when they they got all their money from the bootleg tapes yes right and mm-hmm. then they their money stuff was was solved ish yeah, yeah for a while mm-hmm. <laughs> right um let's see some other notes i took uh her husband is really a dork uh yeah that is definitely it's definitely a dork yeah, it's so funny. We're we're introduced to him as this like very confident in himself, you know, professor. Um, and you know, like they were introduced in the in the entire series to all of these characters, and he's trying. You know, he convinces Rose Byrne, Sheila, his wife, um, right away. He's like, "Yeah, my students over here. We're gonna have a threesome. Like, you're gonna do this for right. me, baby, because you know he clearly doesn't know about her." self-esteem issues but is so used to just like automatically taking advantage of them and like convincing her to do whatever he wants it's just like yeah this happens like i have the power i'm good and it's not until like the series keeps progressing that we realize like just what a doofus and what like a forgive my language but what like a fuck up he is you know he just can't Mm -hmm. 
figure his own stuff out. He has none of his own ideas, you know, like, especially in, in this, like, you know, series of like setting up his firing and his campaign, like Rose Byrne is just like the force behind all of it. And maybe he used to have all these great ideas and maybe he used to be this firebrand and this great speaker. And that's why everybody was so attracted to him, but he hasn't kept it. He hasn't kept it at all. Well, I read it as like he is uh, he's personable and charismatic. I mean, that he's able to be at school and to attract the young students and some Mm -hmm. of that, you know, he's just isn't particularly smart. He doesn't he doesn't have the ideas. He's not very bright, you know, but but he is he is charismatic and a little magnetic. He thinks he's bright is the yeah, like he clearly thinks he's one of the great thinkers like, (laughs) yeah. But, like, every time you see him have this, like, really great idea, he's either quoting somebody else or, like, you know, like, when he writes, like, oh, I found the perfect line to use in my speech from, you know, or, you know, he's directly stealing Rose Byrne's idea. I'm sorry. I have a really hard time calling her her character. Yeah, I pulled up the the list of names now because I don't. Sheila Rubin. Um, But he but he directly takes from her without acknowledging that it's hers. So he, yeah, you're right. He's got the delivery. He's got the likable, affable, like, you know, he's, you know, he just kind of want to like help him along because he's such a doofus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's not a great thinker. And he, he goes back and forth between like, man, you're so ungrateful to then being very, you know, turning on the charm in a way you know so like we Mm -hmm. see when he tries to when he talks to uh simone and Mm -hmm. uh and then gets you know discovered by their daughter because i was was wondering right but i was like where is she now like are you really she's getting left it's hilarious i thought that too i was like oh boy where where did she go and then yeah yeah there she Mm -hmm. is and uh you know other times like they really are shit how much yeah (laughs) <laughs> they might not Here. be shit in the way that like Sheila's parents are, but they're definitely like mm-hmm. just neglectful, forgetful, like, right. We have a daughter. Oh crap. Here, have all this, uh, this, this fast food right now while right. I go and right. like, eat all mine and shower. Right. And Please like go and, like, entertain yourself in a corner while we do our thing. Like, yeah. Now that you yep. have to spend 24 seven with your kids. Cause I certainly don't like, you know, mm-hmm. Everett has her own like play area where sometimes I sit her down, but it's it's not like this level of <laughs> yeah. Go be in a corner while I do my stuff. Mm-hmm. So and then and then he has moments where he says like you know really you are the driving force you know you mm-hmm. came up with you know this one you had the spark you went up without any of this without you you got me all this right. stuff you know, but then turn around and yeah like she's had internal monologue parts like are you gonna let jerry talked to me this way you know right and like clearly you know he's getting a little too involved in their relationship um, right that kind of thing yeah it's so. very um it's very i think textbook emotional manipulation you know like mm-hmm. you're you're mean enough to somebody just until the point where you see that they're like breaking or they're gonna leave you or they're gonna do something and then you're like oh i'm so sorry like mm-hmm. you're so great i totally forgot like you know i lost sight please forgive me oh yep. i got you back now i can treat you how i want you yep i mean the lesson in this show definitely it's the through line to me for the varying couples mm-hmm. here is just stop lying yes just be 
honest. Like people yes. need, you know, all this stuff. Like uh, Sheila, years not confessing that she has an eating disorder. Right. You know, or that she's unhappy with any sort of aspect of her life, you know, like just mm -hmm. quiet. And then between Greta and Ernie, um, the uh, wealthier couple and some of that, like, they're weird fetishes. What a weird, happy ending they get, though. I know. <laughs> yes, it is. It is nice. But it's like all these years, yes. all this stress, all, all the, the misery. Like, you think, uh, right. You think that, you know, you're you're growing further apart. You think he's cheating on you, all this stuff, yeah. like just like talking to each other and like being open about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, let's see the, uh, to see John Bream and, uh, his wife. What's so right. the other guy like, that's so interesting. We don't even like know her. We're like, yeah, John Bream and wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause she is, she's such like, she's just like wife. She's like totally subsumed herself into like, I'm your wife. I'm sure we'll find like, she's got to we'll, have something. I hope have something two. more. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, yeah. The one thing I do like about the show is everybody has something interesting. Like even our, mm -hmm. you know, like you were just talking about Greta and Ernie. Um, and they're like our side supporting characters clearly. And yep. even Greta like starts out and she just seems like she's going to be, just you know, Sheila's comedic best friend, mom. comedic mom. Like she's going to be the butt of the joke while also yep. like wanting to be like Sheila so much that she's just going to support her and whatever she does. She turns out to be interesting. She turns out to be like a strong person once she just kind of like figures her stuff out. Yeah. Um. You know, and and she like confronts her husband and she's like, listen. You know, she could she could have been that kind of person who's like, I found out your fetish, which actually weirdly turns out to be a good thing because I'm willing to go into it and like reconnect with you. And now our marriage is amazing. Yeah. But like if she was truly just like the butt of the joke and the comedic relief and the sidekick best friend, you could easily see her like shrinking away and being like, oh, no, this is too terrible for me. Like you mm -hmm. sicko. Like, how could you do that? And that would make her less interesting of a person. Yep. But because she like faces up to it, she's interesting. Yep. And Bunny has family issues. Oh, you know, I love really trying to storyline. Like a persona for herself here. Mm -hmm. And her like sisters mad at her for like being gone and some of that. And so yeah, they've got a whole more family to, that yeah. she and she's supposed to like follow a whole path and just clearly didn't, but like sleeps in a van with her surfer boyfriend, mm -hmm. runs her aerobic studio. Yeah, I loved her whole weird, like like sort of weird Jewish mafia type that you know what I mean? It was like all secretive and like regimented yeah. and like I had no idea what was going on. But I loved it. I, I like I'm so intrigued by her family and who they are and like what mm -hmm. if they're super important people. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see what other notes. Um I actually do have to say I wasn't really in love with like giving Tyler a like a backstory moment. Like her boyfriend, surfer guy, and now he's got like you know, issues where he can't go surf again. 
you sure. know, he's got like the ear. Th- I was like, was- like you, it's it, it's the storyline served to like underscore the like everybody has impulse control issues and like sort of un- underscored like our main characters' impulse control. But I sort of was like, I could have just left Tyler. He's kind of the one, the one guy I could have just been like, he's like random surfer dude. I love that he's super obsessed with making a video and how excited he is about like yes. made this like killer video, man. Great, love it. I did mm-hmm. not need him to be complicated beyond that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. He, he would have worked out well to just kind of always be that one positive thing. Yep. You know, yep. we didn't need to see him eat an entire pot churro and then no. spend too much on a board and a lot of stuff, you know. Like right. And like get the board smashed and like that yep. needed to be a thing. Like, no, it didn't. I mean, I. Again, like him choosing to surf and like going into the hospital and now Bunny has, you know, money problems because they need to pay for his hospital bills. Sure. Like you could serve the storyline that way, um, but it could have been anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just I didn't need him to have a backstory. He could that have just one- broken something while right. surfing. And, right. uh, you know, that was the one thing I thought like could have been cut out for somebody else's extra time. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, because it can get to be, you know, certain shows it, it, I'm okay with it almost always being dark, I guess, Mm -hmm. but it, it can get a little bit sometimes when you don't have someone to kind of bright to grasp onto, like everyone is emotionally complicated. Everyone in their own right, isn't a good person or something, or is doing Mm -hmm. something very wrong, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, he was a kind of a bright spot of just of just fun and kind of that good thing that always have the support for bunny, you know, uh, it's always going to be there for, she clearly needs it. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's the chaotic character who like needs her rock and he needs to be her rock. And Mm -hmm. it, like I said, it's great that he's in jeopardy because that I think is going to fuel some interesting stuff for her in terms of the second season and like needing money and making sure Sheila doesn't just like leave her behind. That's great. That's going to fuel some desperation and some interesting things. But yeah, Tyler can just be like surfer dude, Tyler. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Um, also, I could take less Simone. <laughs> okay. She's on screen. Since take she, since she's on the screen. I was like, she has served her purpose. Like she's, you know, hot young co-ed who's moving in on Sheila's husband, tempting, you know, idealistic young, protege that he's like oh i'm like recapturing my glory days yeah great job you served your purpose i don't think she's going anywhere because i I know but i wish she was the very first time when basically uh john and sheila interacted in the mall yeah i'm like ah okay so they're gonna have a thing yeah and um i was waiting for when that's gonna happen same same and, and i didn't, <laughs> I didn't envision it, it the way it worked way, right. out <laughs> exactly I, was, I, was like, I didn't expect that i <laughs> yes great job show <laughs> <laughs> but um so you know we're gonna have this here and we're seeing um her husband at the end really like always always leaving me again she's disappeared mm-hmm. again she's run off you know my big right. moment or whatever and um so he's going to be looking for 
someone else to to go to and well simone will be there i'm sure right well especially because they had a little interruptus of their uh of their non-coitus um (laughs) coitus interruptus exactly exactly (laughs) way to just stroll in neglected daughter um yeah i i do imagine that that storyline is going to work itself out in some fashion and she's not going to be completely gone in season two but like i said i i could take a, like a stepping back and maybe maybe the unexpected with um jeff's storyline is that you know he he finds something new to focus his energies on that isn't just like i'm gonna make myself feel better by having sex with like my young student you know what i mean like he oh, spoiler danny. alert oh yo, danny. danny yeah sorry yeah. I keep wanting to call him Jeff for some reason. Um, So Danny, yeah, Danny is gonna, you know, he lost the election. Spoiler alert. You know, the whole thing we've been working to this entire season, like he got fired. He wanted to run for a local office. Lost spectacularly. Um, He's obviously going to need something new in season two to focus his energies on. I would love it if we could quickly move on from the cliche of I will make myself feel better by sleeping with my student. Okay. I mean, I feel like they could go either. He totally falls apart, you know, because yeah, I'm sure we'll have Sheila like rising to success and it will be, you know, the question of, is she leaving her surfer friends behind? Is she leaving right. Bonnie and Tyler right. behind or like, how is that? How is that working? And it's obviously not going to be like, you know what I mean? She's not just going to leave them. So, yeah, I don't know because she can't like she'll try. I think she's definitely that kind of person that would try, even though she was like, I'll be there for you. I'll stand by you guys. She had that like really great, like inspiring speech moment and then was just like, I got to go. But then she was saying like in her head, she can see right through me. She knows, you know, she has my number basically. Right. Um, Which my comment towards the end of the show was. It's time for some character growth. Yeah, you know? she ha- she's had some steps. Like I said, there's there's so many episodes where I'm like, oh, why? And then she has that one moment of like, fine, it's just enough. It's just yeah. enough for you. Yeah. You're right, though. I... She does need to move forward in like some meaningful way mm-hmm. and not and not take like a huge regressive step back. Yeah, because I mean, the thing is, it's she's done like just stealing her friend's camcorder yeah just like spur them like they'll never miss it (laughs) yeah um i don't know it's um i get probably the idea that we don't want to like oh she's over her eating disorder you know i want to make that be a light issue so you want to you want to use that for a long time Mm -hmm. um but think about a movie and the character growth someone potentially has to go through in the span of two and a half hours, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously it's different when you have a TV show, you don't have to write that way, but right. for our attention spans and for the way that, you know, we want to consume something that pacing becomes more important, right. you know, when people are going to shift and change, like the shift and change for Ernie and Greta. Great. It happened, you know, yeah. Right. You know, that that resolution, that's really nice. It's a good timing for that. Mm-hmm. We got to see some other people 
like grow as people or learn from their mistakes, change their course of action. You know, like mm-hmm. would would uh, is you know would Sheila at this point really like how bad of a person is she that she just wants to drop Bunny and Tyler? Like mm-hmm. that it might not be able to, but that's her intent, right? If that's her, like that's really mean like let's make this mm-hmm. work let's write up a contract we did this together i wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you like and all the things tyler's contributed like that we're a team right, right. Like, if she just tries yeah. to drop them that's really she hasn't learned anything uh and has right. not grown to be a person that can like relate and talk to people at all yeah i mean you know i i get that the show comes from a place of like sheila is doing this not just because like she doesn't like these people, but because she loves that like the attention is on her and she feels special, you know, because her husband obviously doesn't make her feel special or valuable in any way. And mm-hmm. so it's like a heady drug of like, oh my God, right. these people think I'm amazing. Yep. So we can we can, I think in season two, see some temptation, but you're right. We ultimately need to see her say like Thank you. Super flattered, but I need my partners to come along for at least some piece of the ride here. Right. And I can't just leave them in the dust. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's what I first thought when he, when the guy from the ad agency, the talent agency and video producing and all that stuff Mm -hmm. came and had the meeting with her. I thought she was going to, okay, meet me in the food court in 10 because she'd go get bunny. And right. I think that's why they intentionally brought it. So they, before that she ran into bunny and right. talk and then she did not invite her to yep. the business meeting. Yep. Um, so right there, I'm like, well, that's a mistake. Yep. Um, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's also easy to see from the, the way this series has progressed. Like Sheila does have really great ideas, especially when it comes to like yeah. growing Bunny's business and like growing the aerobics arena. Like mm-hmm. she, once she finds her rhythm, she's obviously like a natural born teacher. She loves the routine. She loves all of it. She has the passion, but that still doesn't mean like you get a free pass to leave out these people who basically helped you do the things that were in your head, but you couldn't get done. You know what I yep. mean? Like she couldn't make a video without Tyler. She couldn't teach a class and develop all these routines without using Bunny's studio. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. And they showed, obviously, when they were like working on things that she was now coming up with more new ideas than Bunny. Right. Bunny right. was starting to like follow her moves and stuff of like that. So right. that's fine. But you still... You know, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, so, and so one thing I we so we obviously we're following Sheila, so we get we know mm-hmm. intimately why they're having the marriage problems that they're having and all this stuff. <laughs> and then at the end, we get to see, um, you know, again the coming together of John here and Sheila. That's quite uh, literal. So we at the mall. Choice yeah. of you. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, well, you know, and again, the interesting thing is, like, does it show her, like, narcissism? Like, you just said, wanting to be, feel special? Because yes. literally, as she's looking at him, and they're doing this together, we see in her head, she's just thinking about herself. Yes. In, like, it absolutely <laughs> is narcissism. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, which uh, I kind of 
weirdly loved. Um, you know, I mean, we, we talk about like her character needs to grow and she does. I absolutely agree. I think it's I think it's in the way of she needs to, you know, include Bunny and Tyler. She doesn't necessarily need to grow out of her narcissism right away, um, because I think that's what makes this moment so interesting in, you know, like right away when we meet Bream and they have their like first interaction and we're thinking like, yeah, they're go they're going to get together. They're going to have an affair. Something's going to happen. You can feel it already. And I love that this show does it, but doesn't do what you'd expect. There's no like actual contact between these two characters. There's no like yeah. because they don't really have a connection. They they're not really like the same people. They're not like meeting each other in a place of like, oh, my life is dark and lonely and I need you yeah. because we have this like beautiful emotional. No, they don't have a story. It's just like a passion. Kind of yeah, it's just like. Oh, what I have is thing. yeah. What I have is not working for me, and I need something mm -hmm. else. And you're just like an outlet, but it could be anybody. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be you. Maybe they kind of had their back and I, forth. You know, yeah, they've had like their little conversations, and maybe this could grow into something. But right now, I'm glad that the show didn't make them like kiss sure. or yeah, 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 be intimate with one another. That doesn't yeah, feel true sure. to who they are right now. Right now, they're just looking for the release mm -hmm. and. They're finding it with this person who's starting to be something interesting to them, but isn't like it isn't emotional yet. Yep. Could be, I, but not yet. And that's what I was going to say. I, I want to know because we know so well Sheila's situation. I want to know more with John and I think Maria. Yeah. Um, Maria. Yeah. Maria Green. Because okay. there, I can see Sheila recognizing and being drawn to uh a togetherness a cleanness mm -hmm. uh a uh, intelligence of john yeah and so that's so starkly contradicting her husband yeah you know that's sort of like extra you know like disheveled at times sticking with the hippie vibe and like doesn't let himself have a, go original thought in his mind you know Oh, like he's, he's got some like dad bod softer, you know, yeah little, mm -hmm. yeah well she talks about like he has food crumbs he's like messy and gross yeah. yeah yeah i think i think what i like about these two people being paired together is everything about their lives is so opposite like mm -hmm. her life is with this me like you're saying like this messy like over his prime you know hippie dude daughter who like she doesn't really like who doesn't really listen to her um you know she gets no respect at home and she hates everything about it and here's like john bream who seemingly has like perfect everything like a wife who's like i will service you and i am here for you my husband and you know i will do what you need and kids were like dad you're my hero you're the best and he's like ugh, like stop <laughs> kissing my ass like, you just, like, feel his total disdain for his son, who's like, you're the best thing ever, and he's like, shut up. So they have these really two opposite situations that they're both trying to, like, get out of, mm -hmm. and neither one is, like, ideal. It's not ideal to either have, like, this fully supportive, like, you can do no wrong, but it's also not ideal to have this totally chaotic, unsupportive, kind of nasty at times, unappreciative family. So they feel they like they need to like meet somewhere in the middle. Well, they seem like they would work better with the swap. 
exactly doing, yeah doing wife swap here because he exactly. wants someone that's gonna just like support and and dote on him and like be right. there all the time like what what he probably kids John were probably like you're amazing Maggie, but yeah. she's there you know so that perfect for um danny and yeah. he was probably like i want someone that's a little more independent and you know a little sharper right and she's someone the same want someone that's, yeah right so it's just like they feel like if they just switched, yep. they'd be happy. Like you say, neither one probably particularly healthy or balanced exactly. It should be some sort of balance. Right. But it would, but it's more what each other are would, looking for. Right. Well, and you might achieve that balance if you could like yeah, maybe. swap a little bit, do a little wife swap or a family swap something, you know, yeah. just to like meet somewhere in the middle of like. Don't don't be unappreciative, but don't be so supportive that you're like blind and subsumed into another person. Yep. Yep. I, the one thing that didn't quite fall in line with that narrative for me was mm. that all of a sudden I got a different idea. Like, that's why I wanted to delve a little more into like John and Maria's relationship, because sure. it seemed like the kind of doting, very like whatever you need kind of thing. But then there was a few moments where like, therapy didn't go the way she wanted and then it was mm. like i will like sort of passively aggressively get a waterbed it's like i know you're not over this so i'm gonna get gonna get the most watery waterbed oh my god find. i know i know so i was just a little in, confused by it seemed like a right. shift in what the the kind of narrative they were trying to sell me right in the guise of i'm trying to help you i will yeah. actually punish you in some fashion yeah. yeah yeah no i totally agree um but I mean, that's clearly not what he wants either. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 very weird. Like the dynamics there are very weird. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And hopefully we'll be we'll be seeing a lot more of of their family to also figure out, like, what is his trauma in the first place? Because this is. Yeah. So, you know, swimming like is something an event with his dad or something. A right. Boating thing. Uh, something like right. that. I don't, I don't quite remember the specifics, um, but yeah, cl clearly something that, you know, they're going to have to bring up at some point because now they've made an issue out of, oh my God, mm -hmm. he was in the pool. Now we're getting a waterbed to fix this. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it sounded like his dad must have died in a boating accident or something. Right. And, and that he used to swim really far all, you know, in the right. lake and all, all stuff. So, right. And so but, he must have either been there or like tried to go right. out there or, you know, something. Yeah traumatic yeah yep um these everybody also needs better friends <laughs> like no <laughs> one has good friends I mean, they go and they're gonna do firstly they the only reason they call up these friends from theirs is because they want to have a fundraiser so we need money yeah then yeah they go out to their fancy and the only reason they invite them out is so they can show off everything Right. Oh, look at all the things I've achieved. Look at the I'm look pregnant. at our view here. Yeah, yeah. Like just like all this stuff. And then the other friends coming to the party too are like just they want to rub everything in everyone's faces. And there's no no good friends. No, right? no. I mean, obviously, uh, Greta and Ernie turn out to be decent friends. Yes. yes. You know, and and fairly yeah. forgiving on Greta's part for you know what Sheila's done. Um, but yes, yeah, no, they have, they have some shit friends. I mean, I guess Simone's a good friend other than trying to have <laughs> sleep with a married man. Oh. But 
But we set the season up as like their, you know, free love, man, um, kind yeah, of right. thing. So I don't well, know. And I even even kind of... she at times is very like, you know, Danny is like not even really needed for this campaign. Like it's her campaign almost. You know, yeah. when she starts like getting the organizers going together and she's like, Shh, we don't need you. Um, well, the sympathy that she has also, which tries bringing up maybe your wife has an eating disorder. Right. And then he's like, oh, you know, just like anyone else, you know, kind of thing or something. Right, right. Yeah, so. that, that was actually like a cool moment of her to be like, listen, you know, you might want to you might want to figure this out because yeah. I noticed. Um, so that was that was that was kind of a redeeming instant for her character. And then it's like, yeah, but OK, <laughs> still trying to sleep with uh, with Danny over here with your professor. Um, and also speaking of shit friends we haven't talked about their campaign manager. Yeah. Only in passing boy. He is a, he is something. <laughs> he is something. Yes. Um, yeah, boy. I mean, he, you know, he's obviously the one that like sets a lot of things in motion because he, yeah. he drives Danny to be even worse than he already is to Sheila. Um, you know, he gets obviously his hopes up about all these things that can happen once he's elected and they don't really come to pass. He doesn't really seem to be working very hard as the campaign manager, just kind of like riding out. Like I get a place to crash and some beers yeah. and maybe I write a few campaign slogans and we we sit around and smoke pot and like philosophize. But like we're yeah. not, you know, doing anything. And then yeah. obviously he's the one who like figures out the cooked books that she yeah. has been keeping. It's like, oh, you should leave those behind. Oof, she yeah. Was behind Girl, big unlocked. mistake. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. And it's such like a typical, he like uses it to punish her so hard, too. Yep. Ugh, ugh. You know, even though I don't like <laughs> Sheila, it's just, it's hard to watch her be so mm -hmm. like, I did the wrong thing, you know? Like, I can't mm -hmm. say anything now because I made this one slip up where, you know, I, I missed well, it. But it's, it's like years of slip up, though. It's I, years you know, of, yeah. I can't. And that's right. again the whole thing. These people just don't keep it, the relationships keep it are all based years, on yeah. lies, you know. Well, yeah, that's it's the crazy thing because yeah, you're right. Like she obviously didn't just like blow all their money in like one ill-fated. Mm. You know, I made an investment and it didn't work out. It was years of like mismanagement or you know lying to herself mm. about you know my my addiction really isn't that bad. Um, but when we see it, it's sort of just like the singular thing juxtaposed against all the yeah. other ways that she's helped him and, yeah. all, and we see all the other tiny little terrible things and terrible um treatment of her by danny and we're like it's one mistake and she just acts like she has so much to you know atone for mm -hmm. and we're and i don't know for me as the viewer i was definitely like where's danny's comeuppance where's danny's <laughs> Like, I'm sorry I treated you terribly, even though you came up with, like, my campaign slogans and, oh, man. Yeah. Well, and see, that's what he gets away with, I guess, because he's just stupid. He's just so, you yeah, know? he's just so How bumbling. And, on, because it's like, yeah. you know, if you think about, like, what is his his sin? It's really just being stupid and ungrateful. Right. Like, he's just not intelligent. So everything, he has to be, always be encouraged. He always has to be talked right. up. He always, right. you know, he's just kind of pathetic. And so that's his sin. He's a pathetic person. 
Um, right. So you and, automatically sort of feel sorry for him. He, he's automatically like a kicked puppy dog. Yeah. You're like, oh, right. are you right? I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I don't know. But either way, I, I definitely enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was best for me to binge it in the way I did, you know. Um, sure. You know, maybe I would have uh, felt less need for character growth or something if I just had a little more space between each episode or something like sure. that. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I did. I obviously did the same thing. I just like binged the show because once I started, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm hooked enough to to keep watching. But I don't know. I I feel almost kind of. And I hope it's not too terrible to say, but I almost feel like the show deserves like a binge because you almost feel, you know, like like the main character's problem is binging and everybody's sure. problem is impulse control. It's kind of a weird synonymous feeling of like, ooh, should I really watch the show that way? Sure. You know, where's my impulse control? You know, sure. I don't know. It's kind, of, it's kind of a weird, interesting phenomena to have binged it. Gotta watch season two, binge it with pot churros. Pot churros. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to have some edibles, if you're going to have some edible baked goods, churros don't sound too bad. I know. I've never heard of that, but it's like, oh, I'm intrigued by that. I love churros. So, yeah. you know, yeah, maybe. So. All right. Well, anything else to say on this show on physical? Um, not really. I would just, you know, I would just say I'm looking forward to season two. I think, you know. Apple recognizes what they have in already, you know, green lighting a second season. Um, I think it's out in June. Yeah, I think I think it's yeah coming out in not too long. And yeah, Rose Byrne is amazing in this um, way to excellently cast the lead character. I think she's got a good supporting cast, even though, you know, I don't really know much of the actors um, from anything else, but whoever did the casting great job i'm really intrigued for season two cool yeah let's go apple's got i hope it's i i I wonder how it's doing for them you know we don't i think well numbers and stuff yeah yeah uh, i don't know if apple releases any numbers or whatnot but yeah i know i know the show has been nominated for for several awards and obviously rose byrne has as well so cool all right well everyone that is physical from Mm -hmm. apple tv plus season one Mm -hmm. as we said season two is incoming set for early june launch i believe so we'll be checking in on that when that drops um we're in the meantime talking about moon night Mm -hmm. uh so we're going through that as it uh as it happens i can't wait for it to be done so i can get rid of disney plus (laughs) um but uh yeah that's that's happening so stay tuned if you're interested in that otherwise please like and share and follow in all the places um facebook instagram no so facebook twitter Mm -hmm. youtube um (laughs) go to those places we're um also on podcast directories so Mm -hmm. apple Podcasts, spotify you know take your pick and a number of podcast directories leave a review if you would that would be much appreciated and um killing the flower they wrote our theme song so you can check them out on spotify instagram and youtube as well they're supposed to be putting a new song out soon so 
hopefully that that hits quickly. And um, yeah, otherwise that's been Popcast on the Rocks, episode 103. And uh, Andrea, thanks once again Mm -hmm. for joining me. Of course, as always. Cheers, everybody.